Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. That is especially true today. Um, it's July 8, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased to have with us uh, for the very first time on Strategic Investor Radio, Kathy Wood, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest. She speaks to us from their headquarters in New York City. Kathy, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Radio. Thank you, Charlie. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Kathy, uh, we're looking forward to hearing lots of good things here. Your focus is on disruptive innovation. And you guys have the unique approach of doing significant research and then finding those companies that are disruptive innovators. Tell us what that means, will you? Sure. Uh, so our starting point as you said, is disruptive innovation. So when we hear something that's especially technologically enabled uh, and sounds very disruptive, we research the heck out of it. So today we'd be researching, we have been researching, blockchain, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Ether, so digital currencies and the underlying technologies. Uh, and we probably we probably know more about that topic than I would say most buy-side institutions. It's what we do. It's our focus. So general-purpose technology platforms uh, are usually the source of uh, disruptive innovation, and they tend to have declining cost curves, very rapidly declining cost curves. Uh, we are seeing general-purpose technology platforms now seep into almost every sector of the economy. And so there's this underlying deflationary force, which we think is going to be long-run extremely positive. It's going to cause a lot of good growth going forward. But uh, there's a lot of confusion about it right now, and part of our uh, raison d'etre is not only to bring these investment ideas to our clients, but to educate everyone uh, that uh, these disruptive innovations are going to change their lives. You know, uh, Kathy, I, I can second that I've spent a significant amount of time on your website, and that's about as dumb as I have felt in a long time. <laughs> you guys are talking about things that are not seen on other mutual fund or ETF websites or anything like that. Um, give us briefly a background of yours because I know uh, you, you come from the economist side. Right. So I started my career out of USC. I met, uh, or at USC, I met Arthur Laffer, um, a famous economist. Laffer Curve uh, is, is what he's famous for. He introduced me to Capital Group, uh, or some people know the firm as American Funds, their, their distributor, on the West Coast. Uh, and I was there for three years uh, as an assistant economist uh, when Jenison Associates, uh, here on the East Coast, uh, came calling. They were looking for an economist. Uh, in, in those days, inflation and interest rates were raging in the double-digit range, and uh, so they needed someone to have a point of view at their organization. And they gave me the wonderful opportunity to grow up there over 18 years. Uh, they allowed me to move into equity research and portfolio management. And then from there, I uh, started my first firm, which was with one of my colleagues to manage her family's uh, uh, money, and uh, 
we uh, that was over a fantastic period to manage it. It was 98, 99, 2000, and um, we were a hedge fund, so we were able to uh, protect the portfolio as as things went sour. Um, after that, I moved to Alliance Bernstein. They were looking for someone who uh, thinks a little differently, and um, so they put me in charge of the thematic. Uh, the thematic portfolios over there, and then from there, I, I started my own firm, Arc Invest, after after twelve years with Alliance Bernstein. Okay, so tell us, uh, what does Arc Invest do for whom and how? Okay, we uh, we're an asset management firm, managing uh, equities, and we we manage them in several different wrappers, so ETFs and uh, separately managed accounts uh, for right now. Um, our focus is, as we stated at the outset, uh, on only one thing, disruptive innovation, how it's going to change the world, typically make it a better place. Uh, and right now we are uh, focusing on the five general purpose technology platforms that are evolving at the same time. We've never had this many evolving at the same time, and they're going to touch everyone's lives. So uh, they are DNA sequencing. They are the next generation Internet. They are automation and artificial intelligence. They're energy storage, so battery technology, huge changes there. We're going to move from the internal combustion engine to uh, battery uh, technology, we believe, over the next 10 to 20 years. And then finally, uh, the blockchain and Bitcoin. So each one of those is, is going to change the way we live and work and entertain ourselves. So... Very exciting. So you are invested. Uh, you create portfolios of investments in those five areas. The ETFs obviously uh, are on uh, have uh, publicly traded securities. Your SMAs. Do you also get involved in any private equity stuff? Or are they all publicly traded securities? No, we are uh, involved uh, solely in public equities, and one of the reasons for that for now is we think there has been such a push by even traditional asset managers into the pre-IPO space that that space has become very crowded. Too much capital is chasing too few opportunities. And what we think people are missing uh, as these general purpose technology platforms evolve is how big some of these opportunities are and how uh, they will demand really public capital in order to, to play out fully. So we are looking for early-stage companies, but they can be large-cap. Amazon, for example, is, we believe, an early-stage company. It's a $350 billion cap. Uh, we think it could be the first trillion-dollar company out there because they are not only involved in online retail, but also they, they own infrastructure as a service in AWS, Amazon Web Services, and they're getting into logistics. We could see them ultimately becoming a logistics as a service company. So very early stage, even Jeff Bezos, I think in 1997 he said, we're in day one of the Internet. And then in his uh, shareholder letter last year, he said, we're in day one of the Internet. Uh, this is much bigger than even he believed when he started Amazon. So let's talk a little about these, these five areas in your portfolios. Are you looking for unicorns and you just have a very few positions? Or do you have, you know, dozens of positions in, in each of your portfolios? How does that work? Yes. So each of the portfolios um, is comprised of 
35 to 45, maybe we'll, we'll tend towards 50 at some times if, uh, if, if we own a lot of small cap stocks. And um, uh, our themes, so the funds are broad enough so that um, we are able to include ecosystems around the general purpose technology platform. So, for example, in the Genomic Revolution Fund, that's ARKG, the, the cornerstone of that fund is a company called Illumina. Illumina is, uh, has 90% share of all the base pairs of DNA sequence today in the world. So it's roughly a 10% position, and we will go up to 10% in any one stock. But it is uh, spawning all kinds of innovative companies around it. DNA sequencing costs are dropping roughly 40% a year. That's the declining cost curve we're talking about. So that molecular diagnostic companies that are, are uh, building on these DNA sequencing platforms, uh, their costs are falling dramatically per year. Uh, so uh, you've got companies like Foundation Medicine, which is specializing in oncology. You've got, uh, you've got uh, Cepheid, which uh, specializes in uh, infectious diseases, virology, also oncology. Their costs are starting to fall very rapidly. Um, this is confusing to healthcare analysts because they're not used to declining cost curves. The only costs they see drop or prices they see drop are those when, uh, when companies lose their patents and they go off the patent cliff. So we are, we are seeing a lot of confusion in this space right now, but huge opportunity because of, uh, because of DNA sequencing. It's going to completely change the course of healthcare in this country, we believe. Kathy, this is fascinating stuff. We need to uh, stop and take a break, regrettably. We'll be right back. And when we come back, we want to talk about how you evaluate the companies you're looking at to find the good companies, not just the right industries or, or themes here. Again, we're talking with Kathy Wood, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest out of New York City. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, and back to our fascinating interview about the future here with Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, uh, uh, this is Charlie Wright. We're talking with Kathy Wood, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest out of New York City. So, uh, Kathy, as I understand it then, uh, what ARK Invest does, and by the way, how long have you guys been in business? We neglected to get to that here. Yes, two and a half years. We started in January of 2014. Okay, and your ETFs, I presume, are one to two years old then? Right. Okay. They are. They are. 
Okay, so uh, Kathy, as I understand it, then you currently have five themes where there's innovative disruption in marketplaces, and you are looking for those companies, large or small, but I presume most of them are smaller, that uh, are going to be disrupting the marketplace, and then you are investing in those in a particular ETF that uh, for each of those themes, and that's uh, that's fairly accurate there. Uh, the only um, qualifier is that if you look at each of the portfolios, they tend to uh, the stocks tend to run across the capitalization spectrum, so from large to small and sometimes even micro. So as I mentioned earlier, we will have large cap stocks in if we believe they are at an early stage of their growth and they're going to uh, deliver superior growth going forward. Okay, I appreciate that that qualifier there. So so tell us this. Years ago, I, I read an article in Entrepreneurial Magazine. Uh, written by somebody who had uh, been an entrepreneur and had bought and sold lots, uh, started and sold lots of companies, etc. And he said that everybody thinks that having a great idea is the key to success for an entrepreneur. And he said, my experience is that's not the case. The key to success, success for an entrepreneur is execution. And so somebody may have a great idea, and heaven knows there are great ideas out there that have gone nowhere, and yet they are not good executors. Uh, How do you guys uh, evaluate the companies to determine that they are a viable, quality, executing company that is going to be around and is going to make things work and happen and get the contracts and get the traction that's needed besides the fact that they're well-positioned in a good uh, industry or theme here? Okay, so our starting point for for research is from the top down, disruptive innovation. Okay, let's examine whatever this is, this technologically enabled innovation is, and, and try and figure out how big the market is going to be and, and uh, where the unit economics are going to lie, what, where the barriers to entry are going to be. And so in the course of doing our research, and by the way, in, in our research, we, we, we involve social media, crowdsourcing, and we also have on our intranet, our research platform, uh, a, a, a section carved out for what we call theme developers. They tend to be professors private equity folks, entrepreneurs. And so we've got all of this collaborative uh, research going on as we're doing our own original research. So uh, to give you an example, uh, in the autonomous vehicle space, we've been studying that. We have very extensive models in it. Uh, We think it's going to happen much sooner than people anticipate. But as we were going through and and trying to figure out, okay, what is an autonomous vehicle going to need? What are the component parts and so forth? We learn. We, we let stocks come to us in the course of our research. We don't presuppose anything. We do not use a benchmark or a set of index stocks to guide us. We let our research guide us. So in the course of our research, we learned that the central nervous system or the brains of autonomous vehicles are probably going to be uh, GPUs. NVIDIA is a a graphics processing unit company. It has roughly 80% market share. Its only competitor is AMD, which has hit very rough times. And it, uh, we believe, is going to have a very important role in autonomous vehicles. 
as a, as a portfolio manager, I never knew that until we started doing this research. I only knew NVIDIA as a PC gaming chip company, and it was on the skids when we started this firm because uh, PCs were starting to, uh, people were beginning to recognize that they were going down uh, and, and down in a big way. So we began to buy NVIDIA for the autonomous vehicle play. And uh, we found out at the same time, because of research that uh, our next generation internet analysts were doing, that um, NVIDIA's GPUs are going to be essential to artificial intelligence and machine learning, both on the training and the inference side. So here I am as a portfolio manager. What a luxury to have all of this research going on around me uh, and getting inputs from all around the world because, again, we're talking about social media in the form of Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, and we're talking about crowdsourcing, so Seeking Alpha, Harvest, and we're getting all kinds of inputs and, uh, and uh, validation that, yes, NVIDIA could become a very big company. And, oh, by the way, NVIDIA's GPUs are being used for genomic research studies. The parallel processing is essential to handle the mountains of data. Uh, you know, the data that we're getting in the genomic age is going to dwarf that of the computing age, and GPUs are going to be able to handle it. So again, here's there are three examples, there are three of our themes, uh, where a stock is coming to us and saying, wow, you know, people in the market do not understand this. We have a new understanding of NVIDIA that most analysts and portfolio managers don't because they're looking at the next quarter or the quarter after that. We look longer term. And uh, our themes tend to be a cross-sector, so we're not afraid of technology as it relates to any sector. Uh, so I think that's our secret sauce. Yeah, so do you interview various managers of, of different companies? Uh, do you just look at the financials besides, you know, to get a feel for the company and, and you know, whether it's making money or losing money or, or the like here? Sure. So it comes to us through our top-down research. We have um, bottom-up research steps as well involving uh, uh, investment briefs, and, of course, we talk to the companies. We go to the analyst days. We, we use all the traditional research tools that uh, most financial analysts do. Uh, and uh, we're uh, as uh, bottom-up stock research-driven as, as we think anyone else out there. We have a longer time frame. Uh, and one of our critical uh, uh, variables, we score eight metrics. One of them is valuation. Uh, and we need to... Um, be able to show through a model that the stock will deliver 15% uh, compound annual rate of appreciation over the next five years. So again, longer term time horizon, uh, we're willing to be patient, uh, but our models have to, be, have to deliver that uh, 15% uh, or else we don't consider a stock. So, Kathy, uh, tell us about white papers. You've got several white papers on your site. They were all well over my head. How did you guys come up with these, and what was the purpose, and how do you use them? Well, uh, the first one we did was uh, disruptive innovation, new markets, new metrics. Uh, and we did that in collaboration with Art Laffer because we believe that the innovation that we're researching is going to change the meaning of economic statistics. Um, so, for example, we think uh, the sharing economy in our next generation uh, Internet theme 
and autonomous vehicles in our industrial innovation theme, those two together, are going to change uh, what auto sales mean in terms of uh, an indicator or not of uh, the, uh, the economy's health. We think auto sales are going to start disappointing, uh, but not for and, – and this is in a very good economy we're talking about. We, we would not be surprised to see auto sales um, having peaked already in the 17.5 to 18 million unit range in the United States and could be on their way down. June just gave us a disappointing number, and, and, and so we think uh, this may be the beginning. And it is because of Uber and Lyft and Zipcar and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, the, the new kind of approach, especially on the West Coast, it seems, and I know that's where you are, we're hearing that a lot of uh, young people in 16, 17 years old, when I was that age, I got my license right away. Now, with Uber and Lyft, uh, these uh, people do not feel like they have to, to get their license. So uh, we wouldn't be surprised to see, because of one of our themes, and the sharing economy could not have happened without the, without the Internet, um, uh, auto sales going down. So that's one of our papers. We're trying to say to people, okay, here's what we expect during the next 5 to 10 to 20 years and this is how economic statistics are going to change. Another good example from that paper is uh, we took a study from Oxford University, which basically said that 47% of all the, people in, uh, all the people in the labor force in the United States are going to lose their jobs to automation and artificial intelligence during the next 10 to 20 years. And, uh, you know, of course, they left the study there and made people feel horrible. We took that study and we said, you know, technology is usually very good for, for the economy. And, yes, there's going to be a lot of dislocation. We've got to point people to the, where the jobs are going to be. Not only will there be jobs, but we believe because of the productivity coming out of automation and artificial intelligence, the economy in the year 2035 is going to be much bigger than uh, people anticipate or than it would be without uh, automation. So we think it will be 40 trillion dollars instead of trend line 28 trillion dollars our job is to find out where is that extra 12 trillion dollars of gdp going to be so that's that's what a lot of our white white papers are trying to get at uh, so bitcoin and blockchain the same thing is going to uh, change uh, change the way a, a lot of things are done, changing a lot, a lot in the financial services sector, but in almost every sector, supply chain management could be affected by blockchain technology. So, yes, the papers, we don't tend to make them too complicated. We do try to explain, and we involve a lot of statistics and evidence and modeling uh, and, and summarize that for people. But uh, if anyone is confused by this, we're more than happy to answer questions. I appreciate that, uh, Kathy very much. So, Kathy, what do you say to the uh, to the institution or to the private investor who says, hey, look, and f- look, for the past seven or eight years, the way to invest has been broad index investing, cheap, low-cost ETFs. That's been the way to invest. Why do you think your system is going to outperform those over the coming five, ten years? Well, we b- believe that uh, these innovations that we've been talking about are going to dis- disrupt uh, the traditional the companies that uh, populate the traditional indexes. So while a lot of people think because of two, you could say, crashes uh, or serious corrections during the last 15 years, the tech and telecom bust and the fin- financial crisis, that the s- safe way to invest is in indexes, 
we would maintain that these innovations are starting to seep into every sector. They're going to impact every company, and they're going to disrupt and potentially disintermediate a lot of the companies that are in traditional indices. So our overlap with the traditional indices is very little. If it, our active shares, they would call it, if you're looking at the S&P 500 or the Morgan uh, Stanley All World Index, uh, is basically 90, uh, uh, our active share is only, uh, is, is 95%, meaning we, we uh, uh, do not own those indexes effectively. We have only 5% overlap. Uh, so we're a very good complement to uh, traditional uh, indices. And if you're thinking about the world the way we are, which is all of the disruptions that we're all beginning to feel, uh, we're a, a very good hedge in case people are wrong and these indexes are not so safe in the long run. Very interesting. So, so Kathy, you guys have uh, uh, the seven uh, ETFs. Was that it? Two, uh, five active and two uh, passive? Well, we don't call them passive. We call them indexed because they're based on our research. Uh, passive index simply mimic uh, indexes, broad-based indexes uh, that are out there al already. This is um, we're self-indexing based on our, our research. Two funds: one is the 3D printing fund, and the other is the is Israel Innovation Technology Fund. Uh, those two are effective, but uh, uh, we will be seeding them in the next few months, meaning they've been approved. We're, we're, uh, we're in the process of seeding them. The other, uh, we have four ETFs right now that are live uh, and have been since October of 14. Uh, those are uh, ARKG, which is the Genomic Revolution Fund, ARKQ, which is the Industrial Innovation Fund, ARKW, which is the Next Generation Internet Fund, and ARKK, which is the combination of those three. And then the final fund, which we are pulling together and starting in a separate, uh, it's a separately managed account, is the FinTech Fund. We think people, FinTech is a bit, it sounds a bit hypey, and people are beginning to use it uh, in uh, not very careful ways, we would say, because there is so much uh, about to disrupt the financial services sector. So that fund will be all about how technology is uh, really going to be uh, disintermediating uh, companies in the financial services sector and disrupting them as well. So, Kathy, two questions we'd like to ask all of our guests here. What, number one, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake is, is uh, not the bear stories that you hear people out there uh, talking about, uh, in fact, we feel very strongly that there's so much bearishness in the market that we're probably setting up for uh, a really surprisingly good bull market going forward. What keeps me up at night more is politics. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the greatest fear, as we're in the campaign season right now, is, you know, the protectionist uh, talk that we're, we're hearing about trade uh, barriers and so forth. We think that would be very negative uh, for the global economy. Even with Brexit, which we've just gone through, uh, the U.K. is holding out an olive branch to anyone saying, no, look, we want to, we want to be uh, your best trading partner. Uh, uh, we don't want to be protectionist. We hope that uh, in the United States we don't become protectionist. That would be, I think, a very negative uh, thing, thing for 
for our economy and for, for our stock markets. You know, you and I in the Wall Street Journal definitely agree on that one here. Yeah. So uh, the second question we ask all of our guests is, uh, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, it's it's not so much a book on investing. It's a book, uh, it's a book to, uh, you know, basically alert people to some of the uh, disruptive innovation that we're talking about and how far it's going to go and how fast it's going to happen. We're talking about exponential growth curves here. So it's Ray Kurzweil's The Singularity is Near. He wrote it a while ago, but he has been, un, he has been uncanny in terms of uh, uh, helping us understand how, um, how profound some of these innovations are going to be, how much they're going to change our lives, and how quickly this is all going to take place. So the singularity is near. Okay, and, and the author, again, Kurzweil, how would you spell that? Yeah, K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L, and he's the chief technology officer of Google. Oh, okay, well, he's well positioned for that. <laughs> so provide us your website, will you, Kathy? Sure. Uh, we, we have two websites. One's a research site and one's a fund site. The research site is www.arc-invest.com. And the fund site is www.arc-funds.com. And, Kathy, your final words for our listeners here. Uh, my final word, words uh, are uh, we'd love you to visit our website uh, because, of course, we'd love you to um, understand what we do and get excited and, and, and join us in terms of investing. Uh, but uh, as important, we'd like people to read some of the papers and the blogs we've put up on our site uh, so that they can understand uh, you know, how their lives are going to change, how their children's lives, their grandchildren's lives are going to change, so that they can point them in the right direction, away from the disruption that is inevitable here, and toward the opportunities, because the opportunities are going to be great. Kathy, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. This was absolutely fascinating, and uh, it's a bit scary, but uh, in, in other ways comforting, and but certainly exciting. Thank you very much for joining us, Kathy. Thank you very much for having me, Charlie. So again, we've been talking with Kathy Wood, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest out of New York City. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. This is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.